Hey everybody, this is Corey Harrington with Flip Connect. Today I'm going to talk about procrastination again. My last recording, I recorded um, while I was driving up to uh, the Dallas area to pick up a, a classic vehicle. And um, I was picking up my wife. Later on that evening, I just didn't give myself enough time. And on top of all of that, you know, I'd been trying to get out more recordings. And this recording... Um, I, I had to do in my car. I'm actually sitting in my car again. This just reminds me uh, how important it is to map everything out and really stick to a plan. I mean, even me, after all these years, I procrastinate on certain things. Things that make me nervous. Things that cause me some sort of stress. Things that are new and different that I have to research and do. And I do fight through that, and I do make things happen, and I don't put them off permanently, but certainly those are elements of people that are more successful than me that perhaps don't procrastinate as much as I do. I don't know exactly what that tie-in is between success and procrastination, but from a common sense standpoint and from my background and experience with myself you know, being 100% honest, that these things um, definitely have impeded my success, slowed things down, altered things, uh, made things a longer start than needed to be. So I'm going to talk about the past when right, you know, right, right when I was taking when I when I was starting to take this business seriously, and looking at it more than just passive income for my bit for my my family and my personal interests, but into an actual career, an actual job that uh, I would rely on and come to rely on now, a decade, almost two decades later, um, this is my this is my income. I, I'm not receiving any money from these um, initial podcasts, and I have no advertisers. So I'm really getting this out to give back, to share, and at some point in time, we'll probably monetize it and I would want to monetize it but um, back when I decided to make this transition from my previous career um, from multiple investments in real estate to something larger to commercial real estate that was my initial plan I um, I it took a couple pretty significant things to happen in my life and I've talked about them in the past I'll, I'll briefly go over some of it it was that transition from full-time work to getting involved with with real estate on on a larger level getting involved with commercial development with medical office development with apartments you know, when I say getting involved, these 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 are the things that I decided to get involved with. To you know, okay, I have houses. I have four houses. Um, I'm earning good money as a stockbroker. The whole situation with you know changing course drastically was um, something. In terms of procrastination, was something that. Uh, you know, I, I, I had these periods where I was holding on to my, you know, past career and, 
and trying to grab onto the new career simultaneously and going back and forth and really analyzing, ah, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? How can I make them both work? How could I get to the point where, you know, I'm fully and completely immersed and focused in this one thing? Well, what is that one thing? Do I just do apartments? You know, this is this is my thought process as I was getting in into everything. Um, you know, I, I knew, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to wholesale. I wanted to flip a few houses as well. Not 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 my normal uh, exit strategy, but to you know put them under contract and sell them off, um, or buy them and then clean them up and sell them in the Bay Area, and you know the very high price points there. And I started looking. I got into probates. I think I talked about this earlier, and uh, I went to this 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 probate training. Um, and, you know, I, I learned, I learned how to research probate and how to go through that process and find the properties and other assets and contact, uh, the responsible parties that are the executors, executrix, attorneys, so on and so forth. So I studied, I took the class, I paid for the program and I implemented what they taught me. That was nothing that I needed to procrastinate about. There, there, the information was there. And I took from it what I felt was the most valuable elements and, you know, harnessed in on that. Finding leads, generating leads, getting deals, contacting um, sellers of prop. <coughs> excuse me. Contacting sellers of properties and, you know, getting in the front door. So I did that for a while. And I met other people and I started talking with them and you know when I you know my two partners one was a sunroom guy the other guy was a was a lender and so you know I got a loan through one of my partners and decided to partner with him and I brought him into you know what I wanted to do and my thought process and he was on board he's 100% and the sunroom guy I um, was looking to add value to my house and also, you know, have a cool little sunroom. And this is when I lived in, in the Bay Area in Martinez. And, um, I, you know, I liked him as well. And so we partnered up and I put all three of us together and we created uh, a company, United Real Estate Ventures. And, you know, one of my partners, the sunroom guy would, I wouldn't necessarily say procrastinate, but definitely overanalyze everything. To, to the point that we couldn't really get things going. We had a lot of meetings. We had a lot of chit-chats. We had a lot of social encounters, you know. It was a lot of that. And we, myself and the other partner, wanted to get going. Prior to that, my procrastination would have been when I was transitioning um, from being a stockbroker and, you know, training and researching what I really wanted to do and how I wanted to, you know, accomplish things. Going through this whole, you know, watching show, TV shows, flipping house shows, uh, reading every book available at Barnes & Noble, um, taking the class. And what really helped me outside of taking the class 
was meeting my partners and being set accountable to certain deadlines and certain expectations and their needs. And so that really, you know, helped me out. And that really helped them out. And we were able to, you know, minimize the procrastination. So that was that was some lessons learned there with, with one of my partners who ended up buying him out specifically because of his procrastination or over-analysis, you know. And so we were on different pages. We wanted to get the ball rolling, get a deal, just whatever it took. Just go out there and make something happen. Make a mess. Fix it. And do it again. Rinse and repeat. We wanted to get out there. There was enough research. We started getting into, you know, I start, I, I, I went to the expo in San Francisco, the real estate expo, and um, got involved with commercial real estate boot camps. I talked about that in the past as well. And so my thing was I researched that. I did put together a pitch and talked with my partners and said, hey, let's keep going. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And um, one of my partners stopped, didn't want to spend the money. Now, we were talking about $1,000 for the initial you know, meeting. Well, there's a free one. There was a, there was an intro free for everybody. Then there was a, a 30 minute thing that was like, I don't know if it was 99 bucks or 499 and then a $1,000 one and then a $3,000 one. And you know, you know how that goes with these, with these trainings, the costs go up, the value increases, the length of the program increases, the offers that they have get more involved, you know, they're, they, they monetize your attention and your interest in what you're doing in this business. And they teach you more and more, and then you pay more and more, um, with these programs. Now, sure. There's some concern, like, am I really getting good value out of this program? Or is this guy legitimate? Does he really do these deals? Can I do the same? Can he teach me how to do these deals? Those thoughts ran through all three of our heads but we still moved forward. I moved forward. My partner that that was a lender, he moved forward. My partner that was a Sunroom uh, franchisee did not want to move forward. He, if anything, wanted to get the information from us after we paid and attended these programs. And that wasn't, you know, he wasn't putting as much money in. Um, so he didn't have the same skin in the game, same vested interest. So that was a misalignment as well. The entrance into commercial real estate, you know, we had an intro to all, all, all facets, all, all asset classes, all types and apartments appealed more towards Mark and myself, our two partners, uh, the loan guy, um, appealed more to us as an initial starting point. Now the Bay Area, very expensive to buy. We could buy a 10 unit apartment complex for the same as we could buy a 50 unit in Nashville, Tennessee, as an example. So we wanted to, we started looking out. Um, we hired somebody, full-time assistant. Uh, we operated out of my house and I had a separate room set up specifically for in the, this other section of our house, specifically for the uh, the business. And then my partner, he had his own loan company and multiple 
offices. Um, but I wanted to have my own space, so I, I also didn't want to rent a, a big office. So we used we used my my home um, in that in that room, and there's two of us in there working full time. Uh, Mark was running his business. I was running United Real Estate Ventures, and um, he but he put in equal amount of money as I did, equal amount of time in going to the boot camps and paying for that, and you know so there was definitely a good alignment there. Although I was doing even more of the work. So at that point, my procrastination probably leaked into decisions on partnerships. I put off buying out our partner even after we knew it was time for months. And it was a hard thing. It became a personal thing. You know, he was sad about it. We were sad about it. It was a it wasn't a fun conversation. We remain, remained friends afterwards, as a matter of fact, with that partner. Glenn, we, uh, we, I did a deal with him in, in, in San Antonio, uh, a year and a half later. And I always contacted him throughout the years just to see how he's doing personally and how he's doing with his business. But I procrastinated on firing our partner and I found other things to keep me busy and that delayed our progress perhaps because of a lot of these meetings that you would have. We go out and we have dinner, all three of us. We go through some stuff. I would always bring research. I would always bring something to the table. I worked on very hard to to guide us, to con- convince the team, all three of us, to buy into the concept of we want to do this, we want to do that. You know, what, the details aside, that was that was my function. I was the initiator of the business. I was... The person that put everybody together, I had the ideas, I did the research, and then they had talent, they had experience, they had more resources, more money, and uh, it was it was there. All three of us brought some a certain something to the table, but in general, um, we knew that that fit wasn't right. It just wasn't going to optimize our opportunities. You know, we'd always have to check back and we feel that there'd be a lot of conflict there. Um, there was a 20-year age gap. So I was the youngest. Uh, my other partner, Mark, was, I, I think he's maybe three or four years older than me, maybe five years older. Um, and then Glenn was, at the time, I want to say I was 26, 27, 28, sometime, somewhere in there. He was about 50, uh, one, 52. I remember that when we first met and that would have been in, I don't know, I think 2006. So there was that, that, that gap. There was that, you know, that, uh, that difference there. Um, so he was the cautious one. He had resources and other people that had tremendous amounts of money that were friends of his that could be, you know, really good resource for us too. He was best friends with a hedge fund manager. The guy's making $20 million a year take home for himself, you know, um, on his business. And so if Glenn wanted to bring in the hedge fund guy, he could put together a deal that would, you know, set us up really nicely. And so that was, that was a value add right there. But you know, we we couldn't ultimately come together and, and align things. So after more time than 
I should have. I, um, you know, had the conversation with Mark and we went over to Benihana and invited Glenn and told him that it was just, you know, we just needed to end it and um, we're going to buy out his interest. You know, the money he put in, we'll pay him back out. And, um, you know, there were no assets at that time. So it was, it was, uh, you know, it was just time to, to move on. So that was that. That was that was my story in that regard for that procrastination. Um, you know, there was there was personal elements on the line, and so it wasn't purely just procrastination. But I knew what I needed to do pretty pretty early on, and it was time to make that change. So anyway, hopefully this helped you. This is uh, another glimpse into procrastination. It's difficult for me to talk about. I feel it's a form of weakness to myself, uh, you know, to my goals. It's an impediment to my goals. But anyway, hopefully that helped you out. Look forward to speaking to you on our next installment.